On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. Leaving out the avocado in your salad to save money is not good for morale or your fiber intake. Luckily, State Farm knows the value of the little things. It's why they've got options, like insuring your home and ride with surprisingly great rates on both. Because you shouldn't have to give up what you love for great insurance. For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hello and welcome to The Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Monday, May 30th. Ian Cameron, uh, Andrew McGinnis momentarily, and our special guest today, Matt White, professional hockey player for, uh, I'd say, the last decade now. Uh, for our special guest today, uh, Matt White, joining us. Uh, for everyone in the States watching and listening to the Ice Guys show today, we want to wish you a happy Memorial Day, an enjoyable holiday. Uh, obviously, the last Monday of May means it's Memorial Day, and we uh, certainly want to acknowledge servicemen and women, those that uh, you know pay the price, that uh, work diligently uh, abroad, uh, and of course, back home as well to ensure you know, it gives us the chance to talk about a hockey betting show on a daily basis and give us the freedoms to do that. So we want to acknowledge you for sure on this uh, Memorial Day, and we hope you're having a, a great uh, holiday. Uh, Matt, welcome to the Ice Guys show. It's great to have you with us. Uh, as with all our guests that are with us for the first time during these uh, playoffs, what's the Matt White hockey journey been like? And uh, talk about uh, your career up till this point and what you're doing now. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I don't know uh, where you want me to start in the beginning or... Uh um yeah uh from california and you know hockey is obviously not big uh over there it is big now but um when i was growing up you know kind of the the gretzky trade and you know the mighty ducks were the the fire starters in my opinion or at least for me um my older brother got me started into hockey uh he actually tied his uh his shin guards and his shoulder pads up to me when i was about three years old and just shot pucks at me so uh Love I figured out, yeah, I figured out I didn't want to be a goalie. So, um, yeah, just playing in the driveway. And I actually played roller hockey, um, you know, until I was 13 and never really thought about ice hockey as a serious, um, you know, route for me. But um, I went with, you know, one of my roller hockey buddies and actually made the team. And, you know, I wanted to play hockey with my buddies. And that's how it, it kind of started. And, and uh, it wasn't, you know, anything um, – of a high level it was kind of uh like a or b hockey so it was just for fun and then you know as i got into the 16 year old stage uh 16 and under um played for uh, a, a beach city lightning out of anaheim and uh, then the huntington beach sun devils where my older brother coached actually and uh, then there's about a half a season where i went to um, the junior kings played for nelson emerson and after that 
uh, had to, you know, if, in California at that time, if you wanted to, you know, kind of uh, further your career in hockey in California, you had to leave when you were about 15, 16. So a lot of guys were going to major junior WHL. And um, I definitely thought about that, but um, I, I decided to take the, the prep school route and went to Cushing Academy for a year, played there. And after that, went to Omaha where I, I played three years of juniors there for the Omaha Lancers and three years in college. So it's a big part of my life, especially at that stage. And then, um, yeah, after that college went to Ontario, uh, back home. So that was nice in the East coast league. And then, uh, where'd I go from there? It's kind of a journey, but, um, <laughs> California, by the way, Ontario, California, yep, you knuckleheads. I hope you're not thinking Ontario, Canada. Yeah. When, right. when you said yeah. that, yeah. Sometimes it says Ontario CA and I'm just, I'm kind of in a blender, but um, yeah, it was, uh, then I went to Austria actually for um, 10, 11 games, came back to Ontario and um, just wasn't having any, uh, any luck getting called up. So um I did, there's a flop with Manchester and Ontario when they did the AHL East Coast flop. And I stayed with the East Coast team and in Manchester and then played about 20 games there and then went to Milwaukee for two years. So I got a, I got a good bounce there. And then um, AHL, right? Milwaukee was the AHL. Yeah, level, yeah Milwaukee, right? yeah, Admirals. And then um, was playing well there and got a great opportunity there and um, decided, you know, I was getting a little bit older. I was like, exploring options and decided to go the the Europe route and went to Germany in Augsburg for two years. People get in your ear, right? Like Germany's so yeah. good. You got to come here, right? That's what, that's always what I hear. I've heard that. Yeah. I have yeah. a friend that played Czech Republic and Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Germany. Uh, and it's nice. They have uh, nine imports you're allowed um, to play. So it, it, there's a, a lot of North American, a lot of import guys. So um, it's nice. And then from there, went to Russia for a full year. And then um, Riga in the KHL for about 20 games. And then Berlin after that, I got bought out in uh, Riga. And so went to Berlin and then this past season in Berlin. So not the Zach Parise, uh, uh, the Ryan Suter type of buyouts that Minnesota's dealing with. Right I now, wish. Right? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I, I got to ask you because, like, I mean, I would take a fraction of that one. <laughs> I mean, have you had the same agent throughout? Like, are you close? Like, is it someone that you've known for a long time? Because, I mean, moving around that much, you definitely want to have someone you trust, but, like, also can set you yeah. up for, you know, your next journey. Yeah. Um, in the States, I had the same guy. You know, growing up, I I talked to – there was – it was different for me. I was kind of steered in a bunch of different directions and didn't really um, – I had some guidance, but it was – it wasn't, you know, people that were that familiar with that pedigree of hockey, I guess you can right. say. So I was being steered. I would talk to maybe a, a coach or an agent um, at that stage in my career, and they would tell me one thing, then I would talk to another coach or something, and they would tell me another thing. I didn't know who to really – I was I was trying to please everyone, it, it seemed like. Yeah. so. Um, and then once I got to college, I actually got an agent um, – was with uh, O2K Dean Grillo and he deals with like uh, Hartnell Oshie and those guys, the Minnesota guys. Um, and I, I trusted them. I, uh, he was, you know, kind of the first guy that came up to me and then, um, you know, he stuck around and Sweet. I eventually, you know, it, so it's one of those guys where I was like, Hey, you know, he could have 
easily said, you know, like, all right, I'm not really talking to this guy anymore, but um, we had a great relationship and I trusted him. So he did, he did great. And um, then going to Europe, you kind of have to deal with someone else. So um, sometimes you need that person to throw you a bone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they um, not, I don't know if like, they're not tied with the same company or I don't know how the, you know, the legal agency stuff works, but um, I was referred to Gary Saigo by my agent, Dean Grillo. So um, that's kind of how it worked and kind of stuck with him since I've been in, uh, in cool. Europe. Yeah. That's quite the journey. And of course, just recently in Berlin, uh, the German league, uh, yeah. ice Baron Berlin, of course. And uh, so it's been fun there. And uh, apparently just being in Europe, being playing in Europe, being, like you said, before we started the show, all being able to sightsee and uh, go to all the different places. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's just a nice, you know, type of atmosphere to, to live in when you're playing there uh, during the season, correct? Besides the hockey part, which place that you were in was the, was the most enjoyable? Um, we get two breaks, one in November, one in February. So guys tend to go off for, you know, like their their seven to ten day break. And my personal favorite was going to Rome. Rome. Very yeah, cool. I wonder uh, the NHL uh, players bitch about their schedule, but then I also the yeah, counter argument is, hey, you get paid a lot. Shut up, yeah, and yeah. deal with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's um, we get lucky with those breaks, um, but yeah, it's we're we're lucky with that location too because we can go. You know, there's so many cool places to see, and I'm a big history guy, so Rome was yeah. by far my favorite. I actually had a friend that just got back from. Uh, he's going to school in Ireland, and he was just backpacking okay. around Europe after his semester yeah. ended. And I was like, I live in the far, far east coast of Canada. And like, it's so much more expensive and just difficult to like travel from one place to the next. And he was telling me, he's like, you went to Greece, Turkey, like all these yeah. different places, you know? And I was just like, man, he's like, yeah, I hopped on like, a, you know, four or five hour train or something. It just made it sound so easy, you know, to go oh, yeah. from country to country. And that's what I've heard is so great about Europe. Yeah, for sure. Like we, we jump on the train and it, it takes, uh, I mean, we're, we're all the way on the east, but. Um, if we want to go to Munich, it's like a, a four or five hour train ride. Um, and there, I mean, you can get up, there's, you know, they have drinks, they have food on the, the trains. And so it, it's not bad at all. It, um, and there's obviously, you know, big cities that you can go to in between and it's, it's a different, different type of Definitely. lifestyle. But it's <laughs> awesome. like it. I'm yeah. curious about the roller hockey. I know we gotta, we gotta get to the game, the game today, but I'm curious, but I gotta ask you about that. I'm from like. Nova Scotia, Canada, like it's like we have nice summers, but that's about it for two or three months. You know, it's cold here. And like so everyone, you know, anyone you hear like McKinnon or Crosby, those guys, they talk about, you know, growing up playing hockey. They're lacing up skates at like two years old. You're talking about how you didn't really take like ice hockey seriously until like, you know, close to when your age was double digits. Like that's because you were doing roller first. Like that's to me, that's like that's unbelievable. The fact that like ice hockey didn't become a real thing and obviously becoming a pro what was the pro was the role was the roller hockey like for you um i mean in california since you know ice hockey wasn't the biggest um at that time like especially where i lived i didn't live in the greatest area so for me it was you know you throw on your rollerblades and there's a bunch of concrete so that's you know that's where you get to play mm-hmm. um so you know sometimes we didn't have the luxury of you know going to the ice rink or going to the roller hockey rink so we kind of we use the driveway and um that's kind of where the the love of the game, you know, playing that all day long. Love it. Yeah, I, I tried the baseball, tried that, but um, yeah, that's how roller hockey started. My older brother, he's 14 years older than I am. 
um, and he played ice hockey growing up. So I, I'd go to the rinks and stuff. It's not like it was non-existent, but yeah, it was just a, a lot more convenient to put on the, the roller skates and kind of play in the driveway if we didn't have to go to the ice rink. That's cool. Uh, that's a, so again, one of the perks, of course, being there in Cali, yeah. you get to have that kind of a great experience. Uh, no question. Uh, awesome stuff uh, about Matt White there in the uh, past and his uh, hockey journey. Uh, let's talk some hockey today, current hockey. Um, before we get into, um, we'll get Matt's thoughts just overall on the playoffs, and then we'll dive right into game seven tonight, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers. There is one note that I want to talk about a little bit because it's, it's Ian Rant time. And this is this is something that's worth ranting about. Okay, we know we have issues at times with refereeing in the NHL. I understand that 100. percent We have I know, issues I know with where you're the going NHL with <laughs> officials, and we we bitch and we moan and we complain about a missed call and a bad you call at a certain time or a non-call. I always yeah. say they put the whistles away when it's two-two with three minutes left, and it bothers me that a penalty in the first period's not a penalty late in the game if it's tied. They have their issues. The NHL refs, they're not perfect. But it's a it's a it's the fastest you know brand of hockey there is yep. with the skill and the speed and the ability and it's difficult to officiate. You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect. And I know they can be criticized. And I know where this is going, Ian. Yeah. A lot of times <laughs> it's worth the criticism. I don't want to hear about the NHL referees being oh they're the worst referees in hockey after the debacle I saw with the IIHF yesterday in the gold medal game of the World Hockey Championship with Canada. I don't want to hear it. What I saw yesterday is a flat out disgrace. First of all, the miss on this high stick where it was his own stick. It was the stick of Miro Haskinen, okay, the yeah, defenseman yeah. for Finland, that hit his own uh, face. Uh, and he got uh, and they he called high stick himself. He <laughs> yeah. high himself. And they called Cole Sillinger, the son of the great Joe Sillinger, of course, who played many years in the NHL. Uh, Mike Sillinger, I should say. Uh, and they basically called Cole Sillinger for high sticking. It was a fan of my stick. It was Haskinen's own stick that hit him in the face. And then they don't even look at it on the video review to uh, change the call, which apparently they could have done. And in the NHL, they're able to do that. So as a result, it gives Finland a five-on-three. They tie the game uh, with that. And the bottom line is there's a horrendous call. And this is not the first instance of that or the first. And it's not like this just happens to Canada. This happens in every game with a bunch of different teams. The officiating there is horrendous, especially at the IIHF in these international tournaments. It's much worse than anything I see on a consistent basis in the National Hockey League. So, you know, I don't want to criticize the NHL refs as much when I see shit like that happening. It was absolutely brutal. That's a brutal miss. Mike Johnson said it, you know, on the TSN broadcast with Gord Miller. It was a brutal miss. And, and it's something that just can't happen. It was a horrible, horrible uh, situation, right? The officiating the whole third period was awful. Now, at the end of the day, Canada's got to kill a penalty. In overtime, they didn't. Finland wins. So they, that's not why they lost the game. But it was still a horrendous uh, missed call. Uh, and the other point of contention for me, guys, is our own Canadians, our own hockey fans in this country, where anything less than gold medal is unacceptable. And I'm seeing the comments here, oh, a failure at the World Hockey Championship yeah. from frustrated Canadians that we didn't win the gold. What do you mean failure? This is absolutely absurd, this thinking. But Ian, if you ask Pierre-Luc Dubois, he'd agree with them. Yeah. He, right? Yeah. He, he was we, on the team. Yes. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but if you ask Pierre-Luc Dubois, he would say the exact same thing as them. Yeah, of course. They think they think gold or, you know, anything. I know the players think that yeah. anything less than a gold medal is disappointing and is a failure. It's not meeting our expectations. But I don't want to hear that from the fans thinking that we just step onto the ice here in Canada and we beat every opponent that mm -hmm. we play. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the arrogance. I am. 
I'm totally sick of it because of the fact it's disrespectful to countries that are getting better. And you look at every international hockey nation, Germany, Czech Republic, look at the strides Denmark has made the last few years, how they beat Canada, you know, in the preliminary round of the World Hockey Championship. You know, Finland with this, you know, pea-sized population compared to what other countries have. And look what they're doing. Their hockey program is in tremendous shape. I'm sick of the uh, belief and the arrogance that Canada is supposed to just step onto the ice and win every game they play. And then when they don't win gold like yesterday, we're going to rip the players, which some people have done. You know the players played an 82-game season this year, bone bumps, bruises, maybe injuries, maybe wanting to maybe spend some time with their families and their wives and kids. But no, they go over there. They represent their country. They play in the World Hockey Championship. Have some respect for them going over there to represent this country than just saying, oh, what a bunch of losers they are or disgrace that they lost the gold medal. I hate it. I'm st- I saw it on Twitter. It, it pissed me off. I can't stand it. And I had to get it off my chest. It's, it's terrible. Support them and, and recognize that they're over there representing this country when they've already gone through a grueling long NHL season. Most of these guys, they probably still nicked up and injured, you know, not feeling well and injuries that uh, amount from the season, maybe, Hey, rest, spend time with family. They could have done that instead, but no, they play for Canada at the world hockey championship. And to see them get the scorn and ridicule that they got from some people on social media in this country, it's, it's an, it's a disgrace. It's totally absurd. Stand by them, win or lose and realize that other countries are getting better there said my piece there you go matt what do you think am i wrong or am i crazy um you're i mean yeah you're with the players i can speak for the players it's actually i already know i'm crazy yeah. but go on <laughs> <laughs> um no for the players for sure i mean you go into these tournaments you're it's it's gold so um i, I can see where those you know i i didn't see any like of the the interviews or anything but if that was said um by a player it's totally understandable and um I'm, I'm sure that most people would agree with that, except for those crazy fans. But um, yeah, I mean, they do play uh, a harder schedule than, you know, most of the European guys because they're, you know, coming from playing in Germany, we play 56 regular season games um, in six Champions League games. You know, it's it's not it's not the 82 game schedule. So um, I'm speaking for the North American players. Um but also, you know, everyone at that tournament, same thing, you know, they, they've had a long, long season and it, for them, it's gold or, or bust. But as far as the fans go, I do agree with you that that's a little, uh, you know, offsides. I agree. It's not 30 years ago where we beat Finland 5-1. Yeah. Every time we play them, those days are over. But Those I think there's difference in expectation and arrogance. Not every, not every, not every time the synonym expectation has to mean arrogance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there definitely are some, and I, I I don't blame you for using that word, Ian. But I think like those words can be kind of superseded as the same thing. But it's kind of like Americans with basketball. Like when Australia, I think Australia beat them, didn't they, in a preliminary round? Yeah, something like that. Like I mean, the sky was falling because they didn't, you know, blow somebody out thirty-five points. Yeah, but it applies to the them sport. too. Other countries I mean, are good at basketball now. Yeah, much better. Yeah. Yeah, but like I think as long without being arrogant, it's kind of like that's like our sport. You know, it's supposed to be our sport, so I, it's good for. I I like seeing competition, but I agree with you though. The fact of the matter is, is that like it's not the same as when I was a kid watching Canada at this tournament or the World Juniors anymore. I remember watching like Canada. I, I was at a relative's house, and Canada was up eighteen to two against Latvia, 
you just don't see that against anybody anymore. And it's great for the game to see the hockey's kind of become more spread out, I guess, also. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's and you gotta realize too, I mean, like with, with Canada, like we're we're you know, we're smart people. We know that Canada can make, you know, three or four teams and you know, probably get first, second, and third in some tournaments. So um, but you know, yeah, they can have a B, C, and D team. Exactly. You know, there's, there's certain, there's certain guys that are still playing in the, in the NHL playoffs that could be on that team. But the, you got to understand also that the guys that are on that team right now that just played in the tournament are there for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's not like they're just saying, Hey, we're giving this guy a spot. You know, we're, we don't really, it seems like the fans maybe think that they don't care about the tournament because it's towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, Matt, cause like, uh, are all the players out like playing for those European teams? Are they like pretty much the players that would be there for like an Olympic team, so to speak? Because it's um, obviously, as you pointed out, it's not it's not the case at all. I mean, you know, no Bergeron, no Crosby, like all those all these big name guys that would be there if it was like a World Cup type event. Are they don't? Yeah. I think Crosby's been to one. I mean, a lot of the playoff stuff, but I think back to like six years ago, I think McKinnon and Crosby got to win it together, but. That team, like you said, might be the C team if they put all the Canadian players together. Yeah, I mean, you can say, yeah, I would, I'm speaking for, I know I know German players pretty well. So mm-hmm. I would say about, with the exception of, you know, the, the NHL guys that weren't, you know, didn't get to play the Olympics. But um, I think that's like they're pretty much their full team. Um, I could be wrong, but that was at the world championships. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like okay. They added, uh, they added, except for they dry, iced their absolute best. Dry, close dry to title, it. Obviously, but yeah, um, that's a big miss for them. But I think that's like 95% of their team. So um, yeah. And I know a couple um, Danish guys, they were on my team in Berlin and after, you know, their success in the Olympics, they were like, Hey, we're, we're, you know, maybe, not saying that they were fully expecting to, you know, you know, stomp all over teams, but they were playing to win. So, um, and I know that, you know, maybe fans are going to be like, obviously they're not going to win. You know, everyone has something negative to say, but hockey's gotten so much better in, in places like, you know, Denmark, uh, Latvia. And so you got to realize that, you know, players are going to get good at hockey and they're going to make plays. They can, they can make plays besides, you know, the typical um, U S Canada teams. So yep, yeah. uh, guys can play and um, it's, it's, it's exciting. our game. Yeah, it's exactly. Game. Yep. Great for the sport and the competitive playing field that we're seeing now much more competitive, especially with the European countries. It's great for hockey. There's no question that the player development has accelerated you know, in so many of these places, and it's wonderful. It's going to make the game better and uh, stronger. We do want to shout out Vito in our chat, Renus Vitalins, who's on Saturdays and Sundays with us on the Ice Guys. He says in the chat, I remember Matt at Dynamo Riga yeah. who, uh, in his uh, KHL days. Yeah, that's you were cool. there for, I think, one year, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I got. Uh, I played about 16 to 20 games. Uh, we, had a, we had a tough start to the year, so um, that was where I got, I got released and ended up going to uh, Berlin. Yep. So it, it worked out, and but I, I did love the city. The arena was awesome. Uh, we were just having a, a tough start to the year. Yep, and that's what happens when you have a tough stuff. You know, t- t- tough start, I should say. Yep. You know, definitely changes end up being made. All right, we'll get to Game Seven in just a sec, Matt. Just some overall thoughts from what you've seen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Whatever you want to say, whatever's on your mind, go for it. Yeah. Um, you know, Colorado Edmonton. I don't know who I, I want to see Colorado win, but I got a really good friend, uh, Josh Archibald. He plays for Edmonton. 
So it'd be uh, it'd be nice to see him win too. So I'm kind of torn between the two teams, but um, this uh, this game seven will will be pretty awesome, and I am definitely watching that. And um, I've watched round one with uh, Tampa. I got to you know with them in Toronto. That was probably the most exciting series I've seen in a long time. So it, it's now that Tampa's rolling. Once they get into playoffs and in that playoff mode, it's hard to beat them too. It is, and obviously Carolina or the range. Great segue into this game now. Uh, the New York Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes game seven. One of these teams will get the chance to take down the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. We've got Carolina minus 145 now at DraftKings. That's very interesting because we showed this graphic on the show yesterday with Vito and Tyson Brower. We talked a little bit about game seven. They did more specifically than I did. Uh, but, you know, it was minus 150 at DraftKings. It's actually been some Rangers money, even <laughs> though the home team has won every game in this series. And even though Carolina is 7-0 and at home uh, here in the playoffs, and yet a little bit of Ranger money here as the price is down to minus 145 for Carolina. Uh, the total is five, five and a half, depending on uh, where you look. It is five at DraftKings. That's why I've got it as five on the screen, but five and a half in other places. Um I have Carolina to win game one in the series combo, as I've mentioned many times, plus 105. And that's essentially now I've got Carolina to win the series plus 105. And I'm just going to stand pat with that and hope they get the job done tonight. I think that's that's the way I'm going to go about it. I'm not adding on. I honestly don't feel as great about Carolina winning game seven at home tonight as I did game one, game two, and game five at home for various reasons. One is when you look at these two teams and obviously the home teams won every game i think the rangers you know what's that tennis term when you don't have the, the serve do you get more points do you dig into the other person's service games more than the other guy i think if you look at this series using that method uh, that thought process the new york rangers have dug into the carolina hurricane service game on home ice more than vice versa i think the rangers have had a better chance to win in carolina so far in this series, then Carolina's had a chance to win in New York. Carolina's been trampled in New York in a few of the games in this series uh, so far. And whereas you look at the Rangers, they could have easily won game one. You know, in Carolina, Sebastian Ajo to the rescue, ties that game with two minutes left, uh, and then they end up winning in overtime. So when I look at it, I think the Rangers have been closer to winning one in Kakalaki than vice versa. Uh, and that's why I think, you know, there's people that think this could be the night when the home uh, ice trend gets broken a little bit. But here's an issue, and right now an issue for Carolina is the goaltending situation. Ronta is declining, and the last game was not good for him. And look, you can say what he's had. I don't want to be too harsh. He's been great here in the playoffs. He's been in a tough situation with Frederick Anderson taking a decade to recover from injuries. you know. And as a result, here's Antti Ronta having to play all these games. Uh, and he has done a pretty good job. I thought he was great in the Boston series. I thought he was very good early in this series. But the first two goals in game six, he's got to have it. All right. He's got to have those, both of them. Uh, the Philip Heedle backhands, he can't do anything about that. Both of them were outstanding shots. The fourth one actually went in on Kochetkov after uh, he got pulled after the third goal. Uh, but he's got to step it up and play better. Now, we have a theory about this. And Tyson Brower was our guest yesterday. He's a goalie. And he agreed with this as someone with that goalie mindset. Here's a guy in Anti Ranta that's been a backup for two, three years who's played maybe, what, 15, 20 games at most uh, each season, and he's had injuries as well the last couple seasons. 
Well, now here he is playing, what, 12, 13, 14 games in a row here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you wonder if there's a fatigue factor. You wonder if there's a workload scenario here where maybe he's just, you know, he's playing so many minutes that he's not accustomed to consecutively. You know, when you're not used to playing every other night, you know, as a goaltender like he's been throughout the playoffs, and especially when you're talking about a goalie that's in his late 30s now, you know, I think you could be seeing him maybe hit a little bit of a physical wall perhaps. I don't want to excuse him for the bad, two bad goals to start game six, but I think that might be part of the issue. So that's a, the biggest concern for Carolina. But I'll throw it back at the Rangers and say I do have a big concern for them tonight. The face-off circle. They're getting slaughtered in this series at the face-off circle. Carolina is dominating in the face-off circle. And if that happens tonight, like it did in game six, well, guess what? Carolina's going to have the chance to have their best players, their best line against the weaker defensive pair and the weaker forward checking lines or forward lines, if you will, of the Rangers throughout tonight. If they're as bad in the face-off circle as they were in game six, that's a problem because, look, if they're not going to possess the puck, we've seen Carolina at home just put the defensive clamp down here on home ice in this series. So that's concerning. I mean, they've all collectively got to be better, you know, winning face-offs, this New York Rangers team, because they won game six in spite of being clobbered you know, in terms of the face-offs. And in a a series where puck possession has been so important uh, for the success of these two teams, uh, that's something you do get concerned about here. I think it's a really tough game because I think with with the guy playing like Shesterkin is right now, who, by the way, has ascended to number two in Stanley Cup playoff goaltenders and goals saved above average, he's trailing only Jake Ottinger uh, in that category. And Jake Ottinger put on one of the great series performances in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the last two years against Calgary. He's the only reason it was close. He's ascended to number two in that category, which tells you how well Igor Shesterkin's playing right now. He's very capable of stealing game seven on the road tonight. Make no mistake about it. So for that reason, I'm not piling on on Carolina. I'm going to stick to just hope they win the series because I've got that at plus 105 and hope they the home team uh, trend continues here. And look, Svechnikov shocked me in game six without poor and invisible he was after I thought for sure after he scored the big goal in game five game six he's gonna have that confidence back he's gonna be shooting all over the place and he just was nowhere to be found uh, in that game six now they need him to be the game five Svechnikov again where he was engaged he was physical he was hard on the puck he scored the big goal to make it 3-1 let's see if he does that tonight because I got burned looking at Svechnikov over two and a half shots in game six and I'm tempted to go back to the well uh, with it here in game seven tonight but he's got to step up i know Aho's going to play good i think jarvis will play good you know trocek and niederreiter are veteran guys jordan Stahl's the captain you know he's going to bring a great effort tonight i need svechnikov on board because he's still one of my better offensive players and he made another disappearing vanishing act right before our eyes in game six it's got to be better than that so i don't really have much pre-game other than you know if, if you didn't bet carolina before the series maybe i'd lean that way but I'm just going to root for my series bet at this point. Uh, Andrew, let's go to you here with Rangers-Hurricanes, Game 7. What did you bet the Hurricanes at, Ian? I usually you don't bet high prices like that. What did you get them at? Or did you bet them to win in 7? I bet them to win this. I bet them to win Game 1 and the series. Oh, right. It was a right, combo right, 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 right. at plus 105. So essentially it's right. them to win the series now for me pending at plus 105. I remember that. But, yeah, well, I'm jealous of that bet that you made because I had them in 6 and they couldn't crack a road. But uh, look... I'll put it this way. I mean, first of all, it's we everybody's talking about the home team, right? The home team in this series, Carolina's home record. But I'm 
completely different than a lot of people, or at least, you know, the way you kind of, a little bit kind of like what Ian made it sound like in the last game, that I think that Carolina, if, if, if there was no scoreboard in that arena, I think Carolina played a great game, you know? I think Carolina played a pretty strong effort. And if you take out that scoreboard in that arena yep. and, you know, you didn't show people those goals, you'd think that Carolina won that hockey game 100%. And I'm not someone to always bring out the advanced numbers, but the analytical expected goal numbers, 3.81 to 2.38. And if you want to talk about anti Ronta's performance and the fact that he got pulled, that's a psychological thing. You get your goaltender out, get him ready for game seven, or you got to try and shift momentum. But I love Rod Brendamore between... Uh, you know, between in and the give him some rest. It was smart in the do benches. That. Yeah. Well, also he just said like when they ask him like how do, you know what's going on with your team, he literally said like we're playing pretty well. You know, we're getting good shots, getting good chances, getting behind their D. Like he's right, you know. And I, I he, it's you know, you look at things, you talk about the numbers. What was it like thirty nine shots to like twenty three or twenty four? Face off circle was complete dominance. I think it was like what do you say sixty six percent something like that, which just unheard of in the playoffs. On the road, especially. So, look, I, I think that the Rangers, you know, the Rangers are kind of like, I'll admit this, the Rangers are somewhat reminding me of my Canadians from last year, but they're a different style of team. But when you look at all these advanced numbers, I don't get how anybody could tell me that we're going to go into Carolina and, you know, what's going to change for them at home. The last change is something that a lot of people that bet hockey, unfortunately, somehow always forget about, which is huge. Rod Brendamore has proven that he's great with these matchups. And unfortunately for Carolina, it seems like they need to have the last change to get the perfect matchups that they want out there. But Igor Shosturkin, his numbers, goal save above average, he's not going to be able to continue, continue to do it. And if he does that, I won't be upset if I lose my Carolina bet tonight. But he was expected to have a 3.81 goals against, uh, you know, in that last game. He only allowed two. As far as uh, Ronta, there were some sequences he was expected goals were 1.21. He allowed three, yeah. but in this series at home, he's allowed one, he's gotten a shutout, and he allowed one again. So I think that you know it's going to be one of those you know flip flop type type series, and uh, the team that battled all year to earn home ice will come out on top at home. So I'm not going to think twice about it. I think the home team gets it done, and I think that it, it you know, I, I'm I'm not the kind of better that usually brings out all these analytical numbers. I, I, you know, for anybody watching that doesn't know me, but sometimes you have to look at these, these stats to reassure yourself. You know what? Carolina actually played a pretty good game. Great performance from Igor. Then Ronta has a couple slip ups and the game gets away from you. But if anybody tells me the Rangers dominated Carolina in that game, I'd have to strongly disagree because I think Carolina actually still played a great hockey game. They don't, they were good off they were good enough offensively to win that game because they did generate they did get chances yet and even though it'll show what did the Rangers have two point something with their expected goals I still thought they gave up quality more than they usually do Carolina to the Rangers they were good offensively definitely good enough offensively to win that game and Shesterkin yeah. was terrific but I thought their defensive game decline was not great you know they gave up even though there's two point three a lot of good looks. Uh, in terms of the in terms of Ranta and uh, Kochetkov, the Rangers got a lot. And another thing too, this vaunted penalty kill, the Rangers aren't scared of it anymore. I mean, the Ra- that's yeah. a concerning thing yeah, for Carolina. Yeah. They have just and they take a shit ton of penalties. And Brindamore hasn't figured it out, or they haven't figured it out. They still take way too many penalties. This team, 
but they always got bailed out because they had the number one penalty kill all year in the NHL. Their penalty kills just spectacular all season. All of a sudden, it's looking like it's got some chinks in the armor now. All of a sudden, it's looking like it's beatable because now the New York Rangers come into game seven tonight having scored a power play goal in four straight games, including two power play goals in game six. So that's something they've got to get back. they got to get that penalty kill back, the train back on the tracks. Brenda Moore and that Hurricanes team tonight as far as the penalty kill goes. Because if the Rangers score one or two power play goals tonight, Rangers are going to win game seven on the road, period. It's going to happen. So they've got to fix that penalty kill tonight big time. And we'll see if Ronta, the pull, pulling him in game six, giving him some rest, gets him back on track. He has been excellent at home, anti-Ronta. Let's see if he plays that well tonight in game seven. Matt, what do you think here, game seven tonight? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, my if I was a betting guy, I'd say uh, Carolina for sure. Um, I I can't speak too much on the goalie part, um, but, you know, you, you make some valid points on the, you know, the rest. Then, um, you know, I, I think it's game seven. You know, guys are guys are going to lay their, their entire, you know, they're going to put their life out there as, yep. as you can say, um, they, they want to win this game so bad. So um, to say that, you know, like, I think the big thing for me would be the, the face-offs, you know, that to start with the puck, um, the fact that Carolina is, I, I didn't know it was that bad. Um, I, I, I don't get too much into the numbers, but if it's that dominant, um, you know, it, it does kind of play a factor into your, like, you know, Oh, here we go. We got to chase again. We got to, we got to, go get that puck to start your shift and you're, you're wasting, you know, maybe 10, 15 seconds to try to get that puck back. So, you know, I, yeah. I, in my opinion, I think Carolina, Carolina will win. Both teams are very exciting to watch. Um, they're both great teams, but um, if I had to pick, I would say Carolina. Just in the last two games alone, they're plus 18 in face-off wins, Carolina, just in the last two games alone, that's an average of nine more face-off wins uh, per game. I mean, and, and then you look back, I think every game in this series, 33 to 18, yeah. you know, were the shots earlier in this series in one game in favor of Carolina, 37, 26, Carolina, uh, you know, 35, 27, Carolina, 30, 29, 20, Carolina. I mean, every, and it's not, it's not, not even close. Yeah. Carolina is crushing this team in the faceoff circle. And that's trouble. I mean, if you're going to give this team the puck that many times off a faceoff win and on a home ice in game seven, you, that's that's definitely a red alert time if you're the Rangers. One thing as well, there's like that website moneypuck.com. They they show like a they pretty much show like a, a, a heat map, like an a, a image of the ice, and they have these circles. And the bigger the circle is, the be big, better of a chance it was for New York. All of their chances were pretty much from like the outside outside the home plate. There's a couple that were close for Carolina. There's like nine or ten of those bigger circles right next to the net. Yeah, they're getting you know, to the you, middle of the you ice. Give me yeah. those chances again with yeah. them right next to the net. And you know what? If I watch Igor Shesterkin rob the Hurricanes all night again, then I'll say, you know what? That's a bet that I'm, you know, okay, I'm not going to freak out about. But yeah, salute. You know, say that Igor. Yeah, like, and be I, done I, with I don't it. know. Like, yep. there's just like how many nice goals did New York score that game? Like, how about that backhand goal? That was like, as a hockey lover, that was sick. Like, that was yeah. like unreal. Like, he. He, he put the puck where grandma keeps the cookies and, and you just, yep. you know, you can't argue it. He, there was this much space and he, and he did it, but it, I don't think they're going to be able to do that again in here, especially in rally. And first goal is so huge, especially like you guys are talking about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be, uh, I did see that back and I, I didn't see last night's game. Um, 
I did. I watched the highlights, but it was like, so it was like 10 minutes of the game, obviously. But um, yeah, that backhand was, that was pretty special. It was like the dagger. It was like, yeah. that's, there's no that's hope. That's when you knew the Rangers were winning game six. That's when you said, yeah. oh, book your tickets for game seven uh, on uh, Monday night when you saw that. And good, good on him, by the way, Philip Heedle, who kind of has been in the shadow at times this year of, you know, Lafreniere gets a lot of the attention as one of the younger players on the team and Kako as well. Philip Heedle's right in that same age range, and they often call them the kid line when they're playing together. Kako with Lafreniere and Heedle. And Heedle doesn't get talked about as much as the other two, but uh, he, his two goals were uh, just things of beauty, you know, in game six, both of them. Uh, sensational uh, shots. And the one backhand, the fourth one, was just perfect. There's nothing any goalie was going to be able to do about that. So as far as props go tonight, and then uh, we'll wrap it up, uh, wrap up the show. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to overthink it. I'd, I, I'm going to try to trust Svechnikov here tonight. Uh, I'm going to look at, you know, Jarvis and Ajo. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to get, if, if Carolina is going to score goals, they're going to be in on it. Ajo is going to be in on it. Jarvis is going to, Jarvis has just got a nose for the net. This kid's got a bright future. I'm looking forward to seeing him continue to get better for the Carolina Hurricanes long-term. As far as the New York Rangers go, uh, I would think Cop to me has shown up with some big moments in this series. He might be someone that down the prop board you look at a little bit. You know, you can't argue with Kreider and Zibanejad if the Carolina Hurricanes are going to take penalties. You know, they're always dangerous on the power play. Uh, but don't overthink it in a game like this. Stick to the players that you really think, you know, are going to make that impact, have those chances, have those looks on net. So for me, that's probably Cop. That's probably Zibanejad, Kreider for the New York Rangers. Maybe you take a small flyer on Lafreniere as well. And for Carolina, that's Jarvis, that's Ajo. Maybe you could go with Jordan Stahl because Jordan Stahl's actually been a good game seven player in his career. He's one of those guys I could see him just scoring a goal out of the blue, captain of the team. Uh, His work ethic's been good. Uh, Tara Vinen at home, good call, Rich. Uh, Tara Vinen is another guy that doesn't show up on the road half the time, but at home, Tara Vinen is always noticeable, making an impact offensively. He's always been one of those home road dichotomy player prop uh, players, Tara Vinen. You bet his props at home. You don't necessarily rush to bet them on the road, kind of like Carolina uh, throughout these uh, playoffs. But uh, Tara Vinen, definitely worth a a consideration as well, uh, no question. Um, Great stuff. Uh, Matt, any final words? We're going to wrap up the show in a couple minutes, but just uh, some final words from you before we uh, wrap it up. Uh, No, thanks for for having me on the show. Like, it was – pretty awesome to talk about and it's you know it's nice to talk about some playoff hockey and um very exciting this year all the series you know have been have been awesome to watch um and this series is no different so it'll be exciting tonight and um yeah thanks for having me again yeah great to meet you great and all our guests have been terrific uh day in and day out here on the show throughout the uh, playoffs we'll wrap things up in just a second with uh, best bets but before we do that reminder DraftKings Sportsbook Official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state. You can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Uh, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Uh, gambling from call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. All right, best bets to wrap up the show. We'll get one from Matt as 
well. Andrew, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? My best bet. Let me see which one I'm going to go with. I'm going to go, you know, the guy you called out, Ian. That's what I'm going to go with because I talked about it earlier on a different show. I'm going to go with Svechnikov over 0.5 points tonight. Svechnikov to record a point. I think you can get like plus 100 even money. Um, I think guys like him will be the difference. You know, he doesn't always score the most flashy goals, but he's not afraid to be physical and get in those areas I was talking about. And uh, I think he'll tap one in tonight. All right, Andre Svechnikov to record a point for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and he was good at home in Game 5. Total no-show, in my opinion, at least, in Game 6. Uh, let's see if he shows up tonight here in Game 7 for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. All right, Matt, floor is yours. Best bet. Um, I You know, after that Svechnikov uh, no-show that you said, um, that's that's a pretty safe bet, I think, there. But um, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with – I think Slavin's probably going to get a goal tonight. I think that that might be a bet. Oh, you can, wow. uh, I like it. Like it. Off, Let's go. Off the radar up, a little off bit. Off the radar. So I think, you know, the D, especially with, uh, you know, Carolina get into the, the paint, I think the D are, are going to have uh, a good a good game with, uh, you know, good chances. All right. Sweet. That's phenomenal, Matt. Great stuff. I like it. Off off the uh, off the grid a little bit, you know, a little bit, uh, uh, a little curveball, if you will. I like it because you know what about Slavin? I'll say this about him. He has been more getting more of his points when he's gotten them at home. You know, it's not surprising to say that, but uh, that's definitely been the case. I'm looking at it now. He's gone in this series pretty quiet offensively, but the Boston series, like he had two points in game seven against the Bruins. He had a goal. He had a, actually a couple of goals in that series. And including at home, both of them at home. So, you know, that's not bad. I want to see what the price is here on that. Uh, we want to make sure I uh, look this up. But yeah, Jacob Slavin plus 700. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> if you want to turn 100 bucks into 700 pretty quickly, uh, there you go. Jacob Slavin, anytime goal scorer, best bet, plus 700 uh, for Matt White here for uh, game seven. Uh, my best bet, um, look, I'm, I'll be honest here with Mott for me. I am. I'm not going to go with Carolina because I've got them in the series because I'm not betting the minus 145 tonight. I'm just going to root them home. I've got them to win the series plus 105, so I'm going to stick with that. So what I'm going to go with for best bet tonight is I am going to go with the uh, uh, over two plus 105 in the third period, which you can find at BetMGM right now. A couple other places that have the pregame totals. Uh, I think it's going to be a slow start. I think it's going to be really tight early in the game. You know, and I finally cashed an over in game six. I thought I really like game six to finally be our first over uh, of that series. And it, and it came through. But tonight, I think the scoring is going to come late. And, and I want to take the first period, even the second period out of the equation here completely. So I'm going to go with over two plus 105 third period for my best bet for game seven tonight. Yeah, Andrew, go ahead. I was just going to say, it wouldn't shock me to see the exact same thing. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think game that last game was the one that we would see goals in, but Whoever gets the first goal tonight is going to be really happy about it <laughs> and think they might only need one more goal to win the game. So uh, it's going to be a conservative contest, I think. All right, good stuff. All right, that's a wrap for the Monday edition. We thank everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. And we thank as well our special guest, Matt White, for joining us. we got a double duo. Uh, we got a the de dynamic desert duo. That's what I'm going to call them when they're on the show with us tomorrow on Tuesday. Eddie Lack and Casey Nelson, a couple of desert dogs that have retired from the NHL, and they're selling real estate together now in, in Arizona, apparently. Uh, and playing golf together as well. We're going to have to find out who the better golfer is tomorrow uh, on that on that Ice Guys show tomorrow. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, great stuff. 
Uh, thanks for, to everybody for tuning in and taking time out of Memorial Day. I know it's a holiday in the States to join us and tune into the show, and we appreciate that. For Andrew McGinnis and our special guest, Matt White, uh, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day holiday if you're in the United States. And we will uh, talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.